You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to the room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This is episode number 284. We're discussing the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer and the Eternals trailer. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. And after months and months of fandom asking for the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, after a day before leak, after all this speculation, guys, we're finally here to discuss Spider-Man no way home the first real footage has hit our eyes and it was an experience it was an experience online the day before the wildness building up to it and the inevitable trailer drop after hearing that it's going to drop for the last three months we're here to discuss it guys and i cannot wait troy's got this massive smile on his face (laughs) waiting in anticipation till we get to this we're gonna hit that towards the end of the show, guys. We got other things we got to cover here, including the final Eternals trailer, which looks absolutely beautiful. We're gonna run through some quick hit MCU news, which includes Captain America four, Riri Williams in Wakanda forever, What If episode two, and we're also gonna touch on this new Black Canary film that was announced. So a lot to get through this week, guys. It's been another very exciting week, very MCU heavy week. But before we get into any of that. We got to get into my favorite segment of the week, and that's this week in nerd. So, gentlemen, it's been a busy week in plastic. It's been a busy week on screen. I got to know what you guys got up to. Carlos, the goddamn Batman is in the house. What did you get up to this week in nerd? Y'all ain't even ready for this. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just going to pull the pin, but uh, much like my uh, my banker. <laughs> on my on my cards here but uh <laughs> to say it was a weekend nerd is it's gonna be an understatement man it's gonna be an understatement so it was funny because like thursday night i'm just getting the itch like super bad i think like i was talking back and forth with either you tim or troy but for whatever reason like at the end of my work day i just had this like <laughs> burning desire to get some plastic or it was friday sorry so Friday, I like, I decided to do the Troy. And I was like, you know what? That guy willed those re- real Ghostbusters figures into existence. I was like, there's the Justice League that's going to be hitting. There is the Suicide Squad that's going to be hitting. I got to get something. So I went everywhere. I hit every single one of the EBs and Walmarts, like within like reasonable driving distance from my house. Zero. Absolutely zero. But when I was in like the final eb uh i spy this supergirl statue and it's got this smoking price on it and i go to the gal i'm like you guys don't usually carry that kind of stuff what's the deal with this and she's like well our manager found some of this stuff through one of our suppliers and brought a bunch in but he's letting his buddy have first right of refusal on it so i was like ah okay well that's cool um let me know he he has my number so i kind of (laughs) leave and then i get home and it starts. It starts. Mr. Amazon shows up at my door, and it's just this bag. And I was like, ah, it's our subscriptions. It's just my wife's makeup or, like, some Tasimo coffee or nonsense. <laughs> Open it up, and it's the black suit Superman from Justice League. Whoa. 
So I was like, this is wicked. And it was like good timing too, because my Superman loving oldest had just got her wisdom teeth out. So Kal-El arriving in his uh, black suited Justice League glory was kind of cool. And then uh, I was like, okay, this is this is sweet, but it doesn't really scratch that itch because it gets taken away from me. So then <laughs> Saturday morning, I hit our local, hit our boy Marty, and I find the first two Suicide Squad figures. So Harley Quinn and the Polka Dot Man. And these figures are awesome. Like, they did such a good job with the likenesses. The detail on them is fantastic. And um, I roll home, and as I pull into the garage, I'm excited to give them to my youngest, who's, like, all about the Suicide Squad. So once again, I buy these figures, and they get taken <laughs> away from me. And I get, a, I get a message from the EB Games guy saying, like, dude, come on down. You can have your pick of the statues, and uh, we'll go from there. So... Give my kid the figs, head out, and I go to EB Games, and he's got all these DC Direct statues, but for, like, insanely low prices. Like, I ended up buying an Oliver Copial Batman statue. It's on Amazon for, like, 200 bucks. I paid a third of that for this thing, and it is huge. It's, like, big, meaty, beautiful Batman statue. By the time this drops, I'll, I'll throw pics of it up on Instagram there, but it's from the DC Direct Designer Series. So I grabbed that, and I grabbed, like, a Wonder Woman statue for my wife, and I'm sending Troy pictures. I was like, dude, they got Nightwing here, and he's, like, <laughs> like a third of what I paid for him. So you, you, best, uh, you best get up here. So that happens, and then when I'm at the local um, – Marty's like, well, I don't know what happened to the other two Suicide Squad guys, but give me a shout on Tuesday. Let me know. Uh, I'll let you know what comes. So Tuesday rolls around, and he <laughs> hooks me up with not only Bloodsport and the Peacemaker, but he uh, I put the bug in his ear that I was after the Platinum Edition chase figure of the Affleck Batman with the goggles up. And uh, also that Troy was after one. And out of the six cases, he actually hooked me up with both of the ones that were in his uh, figure assortment. So I got one. My man Troy's got one. Mm, freshly minted. And then from there, I get another text. And, like, I don't know who was more excited, like, me or Troy. <laughs> but my man from EB Games, who hooks me up with the statue on Saturday and hooked me up with the PlayStation 5 today. Mm. No! It's so, <laughs> oh yeah, but like I said, ain't nobody touching this weekend, nerd. So, yeah, man. It's Over the you. course of uh, four days, five days, I ended up getting the entire Suicide Squad, massive chunk of the Justice League. Oh yeah, and then Amazon delivered the blue suit Superman to me. So got that guy locked up too. So all the sweet Justice League figures and a statue and a PlayStation Five. <laughs> I really hope the missus ain't listened to this episode. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Well, she see she'll see those Amazon ones coming through for sure. But uh, now yeah, it's craziness. Let, let me tell you, that is the true embodiment of the hunt is real. <laughs> you know, starting out the week with this concept, this idea that you're going to will the plastic into existence, and you manifest it to the end of the week where you have almost everything, including the ever so hard to find the grail PlayStation five. There it is. I know it, 
was it was ridiculous, man. Like, like yeah, I, I do a bit of praying every day, and I was just like, man, I appreciate the hookups, but this is getting to be a bit too much at this point. <laughs> well, I hope that uh, that scratch was itched, man. That satisfaction oh, coming man. out of that must <laughs> feel good. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was crazy, man. It was crazy. The old MasterCard got a workout, but I had to lock it all up. That This was all just kind of one-shot opportunities. Like, yeah. I, I might be able to find a peacemaker in the wild, but that like, there's no way that if I moved on the Afflix or mm-hmm. like the PlayStation 5, I'd be mm. scrambling when Gotham Knights drops. So oh, I want yeah. to get that locked up. Yeah, It's the, going down, man. Yeah. It's going down. And the best part is supporting the local there. So I always love that. I always try to make an attempt to get up there and buy at least one action figure a week from Marty. <laughs> Well, but, I think I've, I've I've paid the toll for all of us for for at least a day or two. Yeah, so. and free entry into the comic book shop. <laughs> <laughs> now, if anyone can match a week like that, it'd be my dude Troy the Boy. Now, that's gonna be hard to match, but if anyone can do it, it might just oh, be you. I got I got nothing. I got nothing on that man. That's that's a week in that's a year in nerd yeah, right there. That's 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 amazing. But I'm super happy for you, man, because I know that feeling. Getting your hands on that PS5 and when you set it all up and you get your hands on that controller, man, and you see that frame rate in 60, oh, you're gonna lose your mind. It's 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 a blast. But um no, those are amazing pickups. Um for me, you know it's funny. Um it wasn't crazy on collecting, but it falls it falls to Carlos here. Um it's changed my whole perspective in collecting right now. My whole focus is out of whack because I think maybe a couple months back, maybe even longer, um, Carlson Grabs have been pushing me on this Transformers Netflix series. And I've given it like <laughs> two tries. And at the time, I think there was only one season. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is okay. And then Carlos is like, no, man, season two, there's something in there for you. Stick with it. And I don't know what I was doing, but my son and I actually, you know, I have an old Bumblebee toy. My son was playing with the Bumblebee. And I'm like, you know, while you're playing with that, I'm going to I'm gonna watch this <laughs> season two here and see what this is all about. And so I'm watching season two. And I'm like, yeah, this, this is pretty cool. And then I finish it off and the cliffhanger ends like this, this end scene. And my mind is blown, blown away because I'm, I'm a Beast Wars guy. And right away, I'm like get me in i'm signed up for season three so i'm going through season three and i'm absolutely loving what they're doing with this show because this is like the best of both worlds this is like carlos and grabs like g1 transformers but this is also mine and chris's like beast wars and sunny's beast wars going head to head and it's fantastic but the problem is i'm looking at these (laughs) watching this show and i'm like i'm like i need my hands on this stuff like i got one cheetor um from the red line i'm like this is not enough this is not enough like i need like (laughs) Some Transformer stuff. So, like, I don't know much about the transforming collecting. So, I'm like, okay, like, is there like a one six scale stuff out there? Like, I want something really cool. Um, can't really find anything except for like the three zero, but they don't have the Beast Wars stuff. So then I'm looking through another line called like the Masterpiece line, and it's very limited. So basically, I'm in a weird dilemma. Like, where do I go on collecting these things? So anybody out there, if you have some advice, like. If, if there's anything that's like in a big like seven inch six inch scale that would be great because the thing is the red line that i've been collecting so far with cheetor they all scale at six inches so if you get an optimus and you get an optimus primal and a megatron they're all six inches mm. which is just really weird because cheetor should be smaller bumblebee should be shorter right so but this this itch is like crazy like like nothing i've had before <laughs> in a while where i'm just like I need some Transformers. I need some Beast Wars, especially because now I can mash them all together. Whereas before, it's like you keep them separate. 
But after the show, everything goes, man. This multiverse, this Ooh. multiverse is going down. So, yeah. So that's that's a new rabbit hole for me, unfortunately. Um, I did get my hands on the Ben Affleck, uh, Batman McFarlane line with the goggles down. And he's he's fun. He might be my favorite Batman next to the one that Carlos just scooped me because he has the variant with the goggles up. So you can see those piercing Affleck eyes. So I'm super excited to get my hands on that guy. Um, I did manage to lock up. Um, actually, EB called me today. So I have the new Cyclops three and three quarter retro coming okay, in. Yeah. yeah. And I got the Grey Hulk. So that's that's Carlos. So oh, cool. I mean, I got you something there if you still want that one. Um, so there's those. And then um, the comic books, I've been keeping at it. And um, yeah, that's that's really it. I completed the War for Wakanda uh, DLC on the Avengers game, and it was a pretty cool story. It was nice to kind of have that synergy of, you know, playing a Black Panther game, also being dropped on the same day as the What If episode, mm-hmm. which was also T'Challa-centric, right? So that was it, man. It's, it's kind of been all over the place, but... Nothing, nothing on Bruce, no. man. <laughs> he, he, he killed it. Well, he killed it. Troy, there must be something in the water, man, because my, my collecting <laughs> game is, is all out of whack itself, too. I found myself having a bit of a session last week with you guys talking about this retro stuff and, and what I want to do with it compared to the vintage. And I pulled out, I have this closet, which has got a bunch of stuff in mints. I pulled a ton of stuff out and I was like, all right, blue card, black series, you're out of here. I'm either selling it or opening it. All the retro Star Wars stuff I have, including the three and three quarter inch remakes and some of the other, or the vintage six inch, you're out of here. I'm selling it or opening it. I'm in a space now where I've decided that if I can get it in the original vintage, that's what I'm going to go for. Mm. I even picked up at Walmart the re-release Ecto-1. And at first I was like, for sure, 100% buying this. I picked it up. I was like, you know what? I just bought off Kijiji, the original box and the mm. original Act of One, that satisfies it for me. And so my scope is still all over the place, but I've landed that this retro stuff, although it's very cool and I'm supportive of it, I'll buy stuff that doesn't exist in the original vintage line, like the Mando stuff we talked about last week. Mm. That's going to be where my new line is and all this. And maybe here and there are little pieces that remind me of childhood, but nothing big, nothing big. And so... Decided on that, but that also fell back to a, a an old figure friend here, and that's Marvel Legends. You know, there's all these new ones coming out with the Infinity Saga line, very, very expensive. And these Shang-Chi figures were also, they've been swinging from the pegs for like a couple months now. And I've had my eye, I'm waiting for the price to drop. And as I'm doing that, I'm scrolling through Kijiji, and I find them on there for very reasonably priced, about a third per figure of what they are at retail. Pulled the trigger on all five. I said, dude, I'll be there tomorrow with cash in hand. So I scooped up all five of the Shang-Chi figures. And I will say this one thing about them. They are better than the images give them credit for. The scans are awesome, especially on, on Sim Liu and on the, the, the actor that plays his dad. Like These are unbelievable face sculpts and scans. So good. I do wish they were a bit more dynamic. But ultimately, they're great representations of those figures in plastic form. I would say, I don't know if it was the delay or whatever, but you know how we usually kind of get like a weird concepty sort of character first in the first couple of ways and you know down the line, the re-release. I don't think they're going to have to do that with these figures. These seem pretty bang on from the trailers that we've seen. So I couldn't resist at 12 bucks what they came out to a piece at loose. No, not in box, no build a figure piece, but you can't go wrong for that price. I just said right away, give them to me, dude. Yeah. That's not even a great build a figure, right? 
I think it's nope. like a comic one. Mr. Hyde. It? Yeah. 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 So it's not for me, not something I would be chasing. And you need that. Yeah. Uh, I think there's the Iron Man and one other figure too that, that builds out that. But uh, this is the thing with open box collecting is that it allows you to do that, right? I'm, I can go out and get these figures for 12 bucks because I don't need one to build a figure and two, I don't need the box. And so it saves a lot of pain. The fact that I was able to get these at a third of a cost before the film even hits, like, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Like, unfortunately, I think they are going to be peg warmers down the road or if they aren't already classified as that. But great figures, great figures. If you're into the MCU, into Shang-Chi, these are figures that I, I would pick up, especially... The title character there uh, you cannot go wrong with that with the shang chi figures are you feeling the um because i only picked up uh shang chi himself but i really dig the uh the the, the pins the pinless like they, they remove the pins yeah they're the, hidden. they move the pins too and i don't know if it's with all of them but the elbow joints are different like they're you can get further up on the arms and all that like the way that yeah, they're the able to pose bend. yeah there's a huge like double double elbow joint yeah double yeah. a huge bend it looks funny especially on i guess it's the true mandarin figure his arm mm. when it's hyper extended it looks really weird like it doesn't look natural mm. but when it's bent it looks awesome because you can get cool. like the guy he can come almost right up and touch his shoulder with his hand which with a lot of figures you can't mm. do like it gets like it gets stuck basically on the bicep um, yeah that's cool yeah so the 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 figures they are great they're awesome sculpts and the posability is great. The women, they like all the kind of Marvel Legends, they have a hard time standing. Their feet are so small. Mm. Um, and they get a bit tipsy on there. But again, great face sculpts on them. The They they did a g- good job here. But I think similar to what we're going to talk about the Eternals figures too, is that there's there's not a lot to them, like as far as like the personality of them, because they're mm. very human-esque figures. They could all do with head swaps, I think, would, would make the yeah. characters a lot better. Definitely, definitely. And give my boy a little bit more hands. I want Shang-Chi to have a little bit more hands to do some cool poses, but yeah. he's good. He's a solid figure. Yeah, solid yeah. figure. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, that wraps it up for this week in Nerd. I think we, we've got a nice balance out there in the universe when it comes to money out this week. We're definitely supporting all sorts of, of plastic endeavors here, but we got to get into the news. We're kicking this one off this week, guys, with Black Canary. Now, this film has been announced. HBO Max confirmed. And Deadline reports that this will be put together with Lovecraft County writer and showrunner Misha Green. And reprising the role will be uh, Journey Smollettville. So they're teaming up here to bring this character, Black Canary, back to the film world, coming off the back end of Birds of Prey and her outing there, which I I thoroughly love. I thought she was one of the bright points in that film. But Carlos, talk to me about Black Canary here, landing on the HBO Max platform, and this being a movie that we likely didn't expect, but to me, very welcoming. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head there. We're, you know, coming out of Birds of Prey, like it didn't exactly set the box office on fire, but it's got a really ravenous fan base. It's honestly one of my favorites in the DC space. So I'm I'm really excited to see them picking up things that worked and that have mm. some artistic integrity and that have a fan base and just moving them forward because they feel that there's a fan base to be served and that there's a platform on HBO max and kind of given everything that Batman beyond type treatment where, you know, it wasn't uh, a financial home run, but maybe we'll have 
greater success with the subsequent pieces as the fan base builds and um you know they've got a massive talent in Misha Green running this th- mm-hmm. this project and yeah Journey's got such a great energy to her and I just hope that with this movie that they lean into a bit more of the powers of Black Canary like we only got the canary cry the one time in uh, Birds of Prey so you know now that she's <clears throat> gonna be on her own and be the the headliner then maybe we can showcase all the cool stuff that Black Canary does and they built a kind of cool little backstory for her. So lots to explore with Mm -hmm. her and yeah, I'm excited about it. Like it was totally unexpected. It was always something that people asked for online. And I was like, well, it would be super nice to have, but I didn't think that there was any chance it was coming, but yeah, pleasantly surprised. And it's coming, man. And I think finding this HBO max platform as a place to really develop these characters, right? It's great that they're going to leverage that in a similar fashion that we're seeing inside of disney plus now troy black canary come to the screen you know exciting mm-hmm. stuff is is there potential here to to add in green arrow and introduce him into the dc extending universe mm-hmm. as well or dc film universe i'm not sure what we're calling it anymore well is so is this a tv series they're doing on there or is this a movie that's doing for hbo max i believe a one. film a film yeah shoot okay yeah so for me um i really like the black canary uh character and Although I don't think she was that great in Arrow, I did like the second version of her, uh, like the sister that was introduced. Um, she was fantastic. But this actress in the movie, I don't know if it's the director or the writing, she didn't really pop off for me it, to the point where I even forgot that she was Black Canary. Um, I think her backstory was interesting. But um, the reason why I asked before if this was a film or a TV series, because if this was a TV series, I think that would have been great to sink your teeth in and really expand this character a little bit more so and dive in but in a movie i'm kind of worried because i well too to be honest i don't know if she can really lead um a movie um but we'll have to see i mean it's, it's probably gonna be a different take i feel like kind of like what the suicide squad, suicide squad did um would kind of clean the palette from the last movie they could potentially do that with this film and kind of run away from the harley quinn i mean that's just me speaking though because it didn't really work for me i mean a lot of people obviously love that film so they're probably super excited. But um, for me, it's really the Black Canary that sells it mm. over the actress being cast or rephrasing her role. Um, so we'll see. But I mean, yeah, if they introduced a new Oliver Quinn, that could be or Queen, that could be cool. But at the same time, too, I don't really want to take away from her because, I mean, he's had what he had five seasons. He was the man of the CW. So he, mm. like, he was basically the Iron Man <laughs> of that world. Right. So I think they could pump the brakes on him. But um if he was to pop up, different actor, obviously, that'd be all right. But I would like them to keep the focus on Black Canary mm-hmm. herself. So um, I don't I don't know if I'll necessarily be checking it. If it's word of mouth and it turns out it's pretty cool, I'll definitely dip into it. But right now, it does absolutely nothing for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Now, you talked earlier, Troy, about What If Episode 2 and T'Challa making his appearance in the second mm. episode. Following last week's discussion, I don't want to go to a detailed breakdown, but I do want to touch on this Guardians-esque sort of story with T'Challa involved, this being Bozeman's. I'm not sure if he's going to appear again in another episode, but one of his last appearances as T'Challa. And how yeah. this this different structure of the second episode intrigue you a bit more, given that they strayed away a lot more than the first episode did with that not beat for beat, but very familiar feeling of first Avenger sort of take with Peggy Carter and this going into that true 
experiment of a what if and having something completely different from what we've seen put to screen before. Yeah, no, this this episode, like I, I'm one of the people that really dig this concept and execution of the show. I really like the first episode and this episode, too, was even a step up more. So um, I love the colors. It really mm-hmm. captured like James Gunn's vision of like the Guardians, but brought to animation, which is actually like a really cool kind of a mix is you almost get a little bit of like Jack Kirby kind of isms in there. But um T'Challa felt right at home, man. It, and I mean and it's obviously so great to hear Chadwick's voice, but it was um man, it was really endearing to just hear him and the respect level that he has as Star Lord as opposed to Chris yeah. Pratt's. It was really <laughs> a funny kind of juxtaposition. So um it, it it was cool. And then seeing um I forget his name but he was in Captain Marvel and he's in Guardians, obviously. And he became one of, in this iteration, he became one of their teammates. Um, Korath. Korath. Yeah, seeing him just like fanboy out <laughs> over T'Challa, I thought this was hilarious. Is You know, and, and it worked for me. Um, I thought it could have run its course pretty quick, but it didn't. It worked every time. I loved seeing um, uh, Thanos' daughter, uh, Nebula. Nebula. I, I loved seeing her pop up too. And Thanos himself, I was like, what? Like, I had no idea. Michael Worker as well. It was, I, I had a blast. I really did. I, I thought this was great. I loved the first season, like I said, or first episode. But this episode just took it up another level. And then we get that little after credit with Ego yeah. and the real Star-Lord, at least, you know, in another world. It was it was fun, man. I think if you could just take the show for what it is, um, it's it's a blast. So yeah. I, I I completely dug it. Yeah. Carlos, yeah. we having fun with this one too? I, I didn't mind it. It like I've watched a lot of really cool animated stuff recently. So I I loved the agency that they gave Chadwick Boseman's version of Star Lord. Mm-hmm. But like the writing is just so infantile with this that it like <laughs> it was it was tough to get through. Like just really cheesy dialogue all the time and the show really struggled for me when he wasn't on screen or delivering lines kind of thing. So yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm rapidly checking out of what if, to be honest with you, like the ideas are cool, but it's just the delivery is not there for me, which is Mm. ironic given that Disney's bread and butter was animation at one point in Mm. time, but I find them so far behind. They're going backwards at this point. (laughs) You know, it's funny you say that because all of the Disney plus Marvel stuff, Marvel studio stuff that's been put out, I've ran to, like almost sprinted to, right? This one I didn't watch till last night. So it's it's not top priority for me. I do enjoy it. I like the concept and I like how this one diverged from any story that we've been familiar with. I like seeing Thanos pop up, Nebula in a different way, the collector being more of the big bad guy towards the towards the end there and and what they did with all that and of course Bozeman in here. So I appreciated what they did and what it was. But it's definitely not top of my list. Like I have to watch this on a Wednesday drop. I I found myself, I guess, embracing the concept of what if in the second episode more and not looking for, okay, how can this make sense inside of the MCU? I had to break away from that a little bit because I found myself with the Peggy Carr episode thinking about when is she going to be in live action? We talked about that last week too. This one, I was like, okay, I can enjoy this for what it is. I do find they're a little long. Like it was almost 40 minutes, I think this one and mm-hmm. i think they, they can shave these down to 25 minutes and I, maybe they would have landed a little better but ultimately it, it's a cool concept and i love that it's it's there for us right it's sitting on disney plus we can watch it whenever we can consume it at whatever pace that we like it and and it doesn't have big consequences right like it's not something that 
we have to watch to get into the next thing. And it's just something fun. If I want to plug into an MCU thing, it's there. So that's uh, that's episode two of What If. Now, sticking with the MCU, as this has become the theme for the rest of the podcast here, Captain America 4, our man, Anthony Mackie, has officially signed up, as per Deadline is reporting, to suit up again as Captain America in an upcoming film titled right now as Captain America 4. Now, this will be written by the head writer, Malcolm Spellman, who did Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, whatever you want to call it now. So it's exciting. We're going to see some continuity in writing the character through there. This, for me, I'm psyched that we're going from a nice story inside of Disney Plus that developed the character of Captain America with Anthony Mackie behind the shield. And we're now leaping back to the big screen. We're going to have a big, huge outing with Captain America, likely inside of 2024, I would say, given the next couple of years are quite busy. You know, fingers crossed there's no delays and push that any further. So, you know, Troy, Captain America, Anthony Mackie suiting up here again, yeah. going back to film. Is this is this better for you than another six episode series on Disney plus going back to the big screen with this character. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But that's not to say that this wasn't needed. Um, mm-hmm. The show was definitely needed for us to get where we are because yeah. it'd be really, you know, in hindsight, now looking back, if we were to do this, the movie and not do the show and squish all that in yeah. there, it just wouldn't have worked. So I really like what they did. Um, and now we're in, we're back. Um, Captain America Four with Anthony Mackie cut the check. Like, <laughs> I think this is I think this is going to be great because um, um, I I think where we got at the end of the sh- of the series, I really dug Anthony Mackie's approach of taking on the mantle and like the build up getting there, and just like where he was at the beginning of that show and to where it ended. I'm a big fan of his whole speech too at the end there. I really dug that. It wasn't my favorite, but I really did like where it went. Um. And I'm going to hope, much like Green Arrow, uh, I'm going to hope that Sebastian Stan's not in this one. I hope it's actually mm-hmm. just yeah. um, Anthony Mackie on his own. And I and I hope he gets his boy, the new Falcon. Um, mm-hmm. I've got his name in the comic, but he was in the show as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I hope he uh, he pops up. I'd like to know the big bad, who he's going to take on. But it's just going to be cool to just establish that much more that this is the Captain America in the MCU at this point. Um, I don't think we'll have an Avengers film out by then. No. Man. No, not by then. I don't so, think so, yeah. So, okay, yeah. So that's gonna be pretty interesting to see. I mean, hopefully by then, I would imagine by then everything is good and we're back in the big screen watching things like normal. Um, I just hope they keep that suit. They don't need to do anything different. No. That suit is money. It's perfect. Leave that suit alone. And um, I want more Captain America though. I want less Sam Wilson on the boat. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It worked in the TV series a little bit, but I want full on like Captain America. Let's go back to that Winter Soldier experience. Yes. Uh, that that was that was. Oh, I think that worked really well. I think it always works well for a Cap story. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we we were close with Black Widow, kind of danced around it a little bit in the uh, the TV series. But I want a full on like um, successor to that one. Yeah, yeah, That's fully agree, man. Yeah. You and I think along the same yeah. line lines with this one and. Mm-hmm. And it's a welcomed uh, transition back to the big screen. I think, and I agree with you, that it was a necessary run through the Disney Plus, getting to to develop those characters and really see inside of that transition from the Falcon, from the Sam Wilson to that moniker of Captain America. And I agree with you, that suit is awesome. We didn't get enough time with it, so we better get more time with it on the big screen here. 
but Carlos, man, you are you are the Falcon of of the nerd room, and now are you transitioning to to Captain America at this point? Like, do, am I out of a job? <laughs> well, maybe. I, man, it, it's funny because like as you were talking, like I was so excited about like just the prospect of seeing Anthony Mackie in that costume as Captain America on the big screen, and then like the air kind of got let out of my tires a little bit when you mentioned that the same writer was doing it. I was like, Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> that guy let me down so bad, but I- I'm hopeful with the, uh, you know, Marvel, they're a well-oiled machine with that uh, filmmaking process and they never disappoint or rarely if ever. So I'm hoping it's kind of bigger, more bombastic, mm-hmm. more in your face. And like Troy said, like if they do something that surrounds, him and his unit doing missions and stuff. And if his only sidekick is um, his kind of tech guy, who's going to be the the next Falcon, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. I just want to see him in the suit a lot, like kicking butt, like just really superheroing it up because yeah. Yeah. we didn't get any of that in the show. And I want it to stay out of its own head. Like I, th- I think when he was writing that show, like he was in his own head too much and he like half told for kind of interesting stories and it's like oh we're episode six let's put him in the suit and it's yeah like, dude <laughs> should have done this episode three yeah. and given us like three kick-ass episodes but yeah uh, yeah man like i'm i'm stoked for this like mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think there's there is space for more refinement in a film script because mm-hmm. you don't have the time i think you know once if we go back to our discussions around falcon winter soldiers that middle episode when they go to mandrapore that kind of drags it along and tightening up some of that i think could have benefited us and this two hour runtime two and a half hour runtime whatever they have i think will benefit potentially tightening up of some of the storylines and not having so many threads that they're trying to all tie up at the end you know be focused on sam wilson make this a cap film right this is not to be Mm. civil war this is not to be an avengers 2.5 3.5 whatever it is this has to be a cap film and it has to explore more of sam wilson and i agree with you troy too i don't think we need winter soldier in here we don't need a recognizable supporting cast right now i think he's mm-hmm. he's big enough on his own he can carry the film no problem anthony mackie is is by far and away a leading man so yeah bring it on man continue that captain america universe that that i know and that we know and love and uh, i'm really looking forward to that it's cool to see a lot of back and forth across disney plus in the film universe because you know we've got characters like cap that's jumping back and forth Miss Marvel, who's going to be debuting in Miss Marvel or in the Marvels, as well as her own show. We've got Spectrum that's jumping up to the big screen from there. We've got Wanda jumping all over the place. And now Riri Williams. So Kevin Feige, in an interview this past week, talked about the fact that they're shooting Black Panther 2. And we're going to see the debut of the character Riri Williams, played by Dominique Thorne, inside of Wakanda Forever. So this came to, as a big shock to me because my impression was that the Ironheart, the Riri Williams, we were going to see her debut inside of Disney+. Plus. But it seems that we're going to get at least, I don't know if it's a cameo or if it's an extended cameo or if she's actually a supporting character inside of that film. And I don't know if this has been in place or at times rewritten for the absence of Chadwick Boseman adding to the cast. But... I'm pretty pumped to see this. Carlos, Riri in Wakanda forever. Does this make sense for the story? I hope they don't make her Wakandan. Yes. But they, they do something cool in that 
because of the work that T'Challa did and the Wakandans with bringing their technology and um, their social systems to the United States, that this girl was given an opportunity to show off her genius. And that's the tie to Wakanda is that um, they gave her the opportunity and she can be a main character in the movie for the whole time, but I'd like her to kind of have those traditional roots just I hate when everything kind of comes from one source. Mm-hmm, so it's yeah. like you already have Shuri coming from Wakanda. We don't need Riri to come from Wakanda as well as everybody else type of thing. So I, I like it to be diversified a bit. Just it just makes it it makes your world bigger and um, makes things a bit more unique and gives you more opportunity to tell interesting stories. And I and I think that's a cool way to emphasize the legacy aspects of Black Panther 1 mm. in mm. you know and give give that its due. So yeah, I'm I'm excited for her to be in it, but um and I'm confident with the people working on it that they'll do it in a compelling and way. Yeah, I think you know Kugler being at the helm of of Wakanda Forever here and they being a character like this, an important character like this, I think he'll he'll do it justice and you know like you said you could use her as a student inside of that outreach program that they teased at the end mm-hmm. of Black Panther one. And yeah, I, I, I don't want her to be Wakanda and I want her to be something different. She, in the comic, she's an MIT student who reverse engineers the Iron Man armor, creates her own armor. Maybe they have something where she's reverse engineering some Wakandan technology and is able to build herself something. And I don't know if this is a way to, to get her into a suit to start off the TV show as well where you bridge a lot of that gap. You're not waiting a two, three episodes to get her into a suit. Don't know. But it's a cool way to to marry and have a lot of synergies across all of the different platforms. So, Troy, I know you read Riri, right, at the onset of her appearance inside of, of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. This is bridging yeah. her between Wakanda forever and then eventually into her own show and not maybe having that that true Iron Man sort of foundation is it, is it working for you as, as far as the concept goes? Um, You know what? It wasn't until Carlos kind of broke it down there. And that kind of worked for me a little bit more so. Because, yeah, like, I agree. I don't like when everything's going to come out. Remember Amazing Spider-Man? When, mm-hmm. like, everything had to come out of Oscorp? The, the basement? Yeah. I don't want that to happen with Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> um, but I do like that idea, you know, if she's, uh, like, an intern of some sort or a student. That makes sense. I for, for me, I don't know why. In my head canon, I always thought she'd pop up in like Armored Wars. Yeah, that ma- with, with Rhodey. That would um, make more sense. Yeah, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but either way, I'm cool with it. I, I'm glad. Again, much like the Miles Morales character, I think it's so cool how he's fairly new. You know, a 2012 character, and he already has his movie. He's already been out there, and for Riri, even newer than Miles, mm-hmm. and she's going to be debuting live action much like kamala as well i think that's fantastic that marvel is doing that with the characters that they believe so much in them at the time that they're bringing them over because i think she was bendis yeah that's the bendis run of invincible yep. iron man right so that's a bendis creation so that's that's two you know he has miles that's in the big screen and then he has um riri so that guy is a money machine but no i'm i'm, I'm excited to see her i just want to see her interact with like i think tim you've been kind of going that route of like the new young avengers mm-hmm. Right, and I, I think it'd be really cool if we could get. I think Riri was part of the champions. I think yes. she's part of the Avengers as well as one point, but Kamala was part of the champions and, and the Avengers too. But we need to see like Miles eventually, Riri, Kamala. Um, you know, some of these youngins kind of come up, maybe even Nova at some point. But um, 
I really do hope she does pop up in uh, Armored Wars because I would like to see her and Rhodey. You know, Rhodey being the the closest thing, at least as a friend to Iron Man, mm-hmm. next to next to Spider Man, I guess. Um, I would like to see uh, what her conversations would kind of be like, and is she going to be inspired by Iron Man? Yeah. Can we have so many people in the MCU inspired by Iron Man all at once? I don't know. We'll we'll see. But I'm I'm excited. I'm excited either way. Yeah, and the name Ironheart really says she yeah. will be inspired by Iron Man, but at the same mm-hmm. time, is it going to be more Wakandan based? And that's what this leads me to believe. Yeah. But I guess we will see. And the thing too that you're pointing out there about the champions or Young Avengers, whatever it turns out to be, this feels mm-hmm. like a fast track of these characters, right? Yeah. By the end of yeah. 2022. You know, we're going to have seen the majority of what you could call a young Avengers team, right? And yeah. that feels like it's somewhat of a focus going forward, more so than that bigger, older Avengers team. Mm-hmm. You know, is that being saved for down the road, your Secret Wars or whatever is being rumored, right? Because we're going to have what? We're going to have Camilla Khan. We're going to have Riri. We're going to have uh, Kate Bishop. Uh, who else we got yeah. here? We've got maybe the kids from WandaVision. Um, yeah. There's a lot going on there with characters that could easily form a young Avengers um, Florence Pugh's character as well, black widow. So there, there's a, there's a lot there and you could build out nicely a, a fairly robust team fairly quickly that you could put inside of a, a team up film to give the audience the taste of the team up without having to do a, a big crossover with your captain America, Dr. Strange, Spider-Man mm-hmm. and such. So, or they could just be the next Avengers with uh, Jane Foster's Thor, depending on how Love and Thunder Ooh, goes. Yes, right? there's another one. Yeah. Let's so you'd go. Have her and you'd have Sam's Cap mm-hmm. as your yeah. older leads mentoring the rest of them. Yeah. Oh, it's yes. it's definitely Jane it's Foster definitely a Thor. direction. I want that. Yeah, they, they have to go that way. And it could be, let's do this, see how it lands. If it's great, then we'll continue. If not, we'll circle back. You know what I mean? There's there's a lot of options here. And I think a lot of grounds that they can test with all these characters. But let's move on, guys. Let's continue rolling through the MCU here. We'll move into our anchor segments for this week. And that's going to be both the Eternals final trailer and Spider-Man No Way Home. First, let's get to this Eternals trailer here, guys. Five years ago, Thanos erased half of the population of the universe. But the people of this planet brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. The sudden return of the population provided the necessary energy for the emergence to begin. How long do we have? Seven days. We're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos or any war or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. By who? So this is the final trailer, and this one is dropping right now on November 5th. So this gives us probably our largest view into the concept of the movie, not only giving us the scale of it, showing us the villains, showing us the celestials, but also gives us some impression and some idea 
about what the Eternals are and where they've been. I really like that about this trailer. It kind of explained a bit, you know, where they were during the snap and why the blip matters for the Eternals emergence and where the villains are coming from. And it also gives you this awesome scope of what this film is. It's a gorgeous looking film. I, I'm going to put this out there. This might be a hot take. This might get a bit of hate, but this to me is a better trailer than No Way Home's trailer. Man, I'm I'm here like Sam Wilson at the end of uh, Civil War, man. <laughs> when do we start? I got your back. There it is. There it is. Frick I got your back. Let, let's hear it, man. Let's hear it. Oh, man. I thought it looked fantastic. Like, I'm watching this thing. I was like, this looks like Denny Villeneuve's mm-hmm. Dune, except yeah. good. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, that, Got to throw a bit of shade at Denny. He's been uh, spouting off a little bit, but like <laughs> this had that that grand scale to it mm-hmm. that that Dune seems to have in these sweeping environments, but it just had a little bit more color. It had a little bit more richness. It was a little more interesting, and it looked completely different than anything the MCU yes. has done. But there's these small moments where it feels of a piece with everything else, exactly. and. Uh, like I, I always have an open mind with these things. Like I'm, I'm in the bank for anything. I'll, I'll go watch anything and let you know at the end of it if I think it's good or not. So, I was never kind of poo pooing the Eternals or why are you making this and not making that. But uh, this trailer totally got me interested, and I'm pretty hyped for mm-hmm. this movie, uh, and just for the quality of filmmaking that it is, and the quality of the cast, yeah. and like. Kudos to Kevin Feige. Like he kind of pulled a Christopher Nolan where he puts together this fantastic ensemble cast to sell something, right? So with Nolan, he'll put together an ensemble to sell you a bit of a lesser known main character or his concept. And that's kind of what they did here. And I I think it's cool. And I really liked how she filmed it. It's got this almost documentary style Mm -hmm cinematography to it and i know she talked about bringing this ronin camera that she had used with nomadland and a bunch of her other films and it's not traditionally used in big blockbuster filmmaking but in order to capture uh, the areas that she was shooting and the nuance of the actors that she was working with she decided to employ it and i think it looks cool man like i i'm really excited for this one so me too yeah man I, I'll share the hate. In fact, I, I think I added a, a multiplier on the hate by throwing some shade at uh, Denny. There, but, uh, <laughs> oh, about to throw away my headphones, man. <laughs> well, it's, you know, everything you said there is what I'm feeling, right? And I, I let myself be taken away by this trailer. And this is by far and away the best Eternals trailer. You know, mm-hmm. the other ones, they're they're more secretive. And that's, that's just part of the marketing, right? Like, they're not meant to give away too much. And this one, maybe you could argue, gave a little bit more away. But it intrigued me to a point where this is... My hype level just escalated with this. You know, even the score and seeing Kit Harrington for the first time in this as well, right? Who may or may not turn into the Black Knight by the end of this. So there, there's mm-hmm. so many people in this film. And I'm already confident in, like, the true ensemble concept of this and how that's going to benefit the film instead of weigh it down with the amount of people. I think that from what I'm seeing here, there seems to be this like perfect balance of what's going on while also being 
no, very cosmic too, which I love. Mm -hmm. I love myself a good cosmic film. And this one seems to be really embracing that aspect. So Troy, I'm not going to ask you which one you liked better, (laughs) but, but is the Neil moving for you here on Eternals with this trailer? Yes. A hundred percent. I will possibly buy one Eternals Marvel now, <laughs> after seeing this. Not all 10? Not all 10? <laughs> Probably Angelina Jolie. Um, but, you know, honestly, um, I haven't been a big uh, believer in this property at all, whether it comes to the comics or even the idea of greenlighting this film. But I got to tell you, when I saw this trailer and I saw that score or heard the score, mm. and I'm thinking, Carlos, man, I'm, I'm getting like Denny vibes, but I was also getting like Gareth Edwards uh, Rogue One vibes, like that, the scale oh, and the yeah. scope. Yeah. Yeah. celestials the color palettes oh my gosh like I, I i couldn't believe it even the jokes i've been pretty hard these days on the marvel humor but even the jokes in this one actually worked for mm. me so I'll, I'll give them the props for that um the shots though were just something else you know it, it got me really hyped for cyclops one day when he appears because seeing those lasers coming up homeboy's eyes i was like Oof, <laughs> they can shoot this they can <laughs> oh, we're gonna get scott someday and it's gonna look great um it was, I, was, I was all in, though. I was really just taken back, and I, I dug what I saw. And um, I'm, I'm hearing, too, that this is meant to have, like, the best uh, the best MCU love story uh, out of all of them. Which, you know, take it as it is, that might not be the hardest thing to, to achieve. But that kind of has my interest a little bit. Because some of these films, they get so bombastic. They kind of get away from some of the, the intimate uh, things that are... Uh, that are uh, pretty important in other films so it's gonna be kind of nice to see the mcu especially with chloe Zhao, like zoning in on that but also giving us like this cool epic uh tale of these 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 beings these eternals that have been around for so long that have been on the hush hush mm-hmm. um but the celestials the celestials for me was like the money like that was like because avengers especially with um uh was it aaron who's who's uh who's the guy that did thor again the comic book aaron Jason. the writer Jason Aaron, Jason Aaron, you know, since he's been on uh, the Avengers for the last couple of years there, and we got like that uh, legendary Avengers kind of tale of like the original Avengers with Odin's son, with Odin himself and the Phoenix, they've been poking a lot at the Celestials. So the Celestials have have had a big emphasis in the comics lately. So it's going to be neat to see them mm-hmm. explore it on the big screen and just see how they're going to take on that origin because you know the, the celestials are kind of responsible for basically the modern day marvel universe right so it's going to be neat to see how they explore that and where they're going to go with it man and i don't know like are, are we eventually going to lead to galactus now off of something like this like it's pretty big i think this is going to be a pretty important movie yeah. when it comes to the mcu yeah yeah so i'm i'm all there man one marvel legends for me <laughs> which one so just just athena <laughs> which is i think uh angelina jolie's character is that her name, Athena? Athena. Yeah. Okay, cool. Athena. 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 Dope. Dope. I love it. Yeah, no, that's the one. Well, that's she's the one a standalone she figure, like that, too. She has that arrow. Yeah. She's a standalone? Yeah, she's a yeah, one-off figure. No no build-a-figure. That's all yeah. I need. <laughs> <laughs> now we just need a Brad Pitt Marvel Legends somehow to make his way into <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, and, and, and to touch on the love story aspect of it, I, I was really hoping that they would lean into that. I believe it's Icarus and and Thena. I'm not 100 percent on this. There might be no, no. It's, it's um, is it Gemma Chan's character? Oh, okay. And Icarus, and then uh, Black Knight is like the human who she falls in love yes. with as well. Because there's oh, the, yeah, there's just okay. like is if correct me if I'm wrong, Carlos. I'm, I'm trying to remember from Gaiman's run here. It's like they they find themselves in love and then they die and then they're reincarnated in some fashion. And that sounds just like Hawkman in the DC universe. Hawkman and his girl, Hawk Girl, eh? 
Well, yeah, they get all their ideas from what DC does. <laughs> like, since we talked about this with Starro. <laughs> <laughs> and everything in between. But, yeah, there's that. And then, yeah, she kind of deviates away because she has this love for mm. the Black Knight. And then there's, like, all the taboos of them and their bondings with humans yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it'll it'll be cool. cool. Like, And that they're that they have a shared origin makes me confident that they'll be able to pull the ensemble all the way through because there won't be a ton of baggage because it's kind of one story for all of them. Exactly. And then you'll get to see the peaks into their lives and stuff. And Chloe, I'm still not forgiving you for making the first brown guy in the MCU, Bollywood. Like that. That was noticeably absent from this film. (laughs) I know, they must have got my letters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's to me this the this this film, you know, and I and Kevin Feige said too that it's so important for the MCU and that we're all underestimating its importance because it's tucked right now in between our closest MCU film, which is Shang-Chi and arguably the biggest MCU film of the last couple of years, you know, beyond besides Endgame, really in Spider-Man far from home. So it's kind of tucked in between there and I feel it's kind of gotten lost a little bit. And this trailer, although it, it pumped up, it got a lot of views. It was, it was quickly washed away by the, uh, the leaked, Spider-Man Far From, not Far From Home, No Way Home trailer. So let, let's talk about this experience of this trailer, guys. It's It's been a ride, right? We're a couple months <laughs> out, four months out-ish of the debut of MC, the MCU's biggest film of 2021, a film that's been delayed. We should have already have seen this without a pandemic. This would have came out in July. Shoot. Yeah. I didn't think about that. So people have been clamoring online. This thing trended for like three freaking days before the trailer (laughs) dropped. And it was met with a trailer leak, an unfinished trailer leak before it actually hit the eyeballs of the public from Sony. And this led to not only the speculation being burst wide open, but somewhat confirmation that we've got certain characters that will be, coming into this that we've been talking about for months. What is this film? And so, Troy, walk me through just your last few days in this trailer. You know, Troy's texting us in the DM. Okay, guys, it's going to debut at 6. No, it's going to debut at (laughs) 9. It's coming. Don't worry. Don't worry. His spidey sense was tingling yesterday. So so walk me through some of this experience here. Yeah. Well, you know, so from I think it's last week – I found out about the CinemaCon that's going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, still going on currently, too. And I knew that Sony was starting it off on the Monday. So from there, I was kind of getting the vibes. Okay, this is this is when the trailer has to drop, right? But also still along the lines that you got to give Shang-Chi its time to breathe. Because you can't really cross-market, especially when it's Spider-Man. You don't want to hurt your brand, even though it is still shared with Sony. But um, the leak dropped. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't care. i got to see this leak. <laughs> I, I, I knew it was in like 140 pixels or 44 pixels. <laughs> I knew it was unfinished backgrounds, but I don't care. So I went on my phone and the leak was like a leak through somebody else's phone with like a big watermark. And I was like, oh my gosh, my wife's like looking at me like, are you okay? I'm like, oh, we are in for something. And um, so then like, you know, the next day I'm like, okay, well, it's going to be the Monday. It's going to drop. I'm on IG, like I'm hunting, like as if this is a figure for for this trailer, and I come across something that's like, yeah, the trailer's going down at 6:30 PT, so it's like 7:30 our time, I think. And 7:30 comes, it's not there yet, you know, and I'm starting to lose it a little bit. And then I think it's like 
747. It finally dropped. <laughs> not that and, you're uh, counting, right? <laughs> Not that I'm counting. But you know what? To, I got to say, because I, I mean, um, a lot of people kind of get caught up in like the, the, the Sony hate. I know I haven't been the biggest fan of Avi Arad. But um, I do, when it comes to the Sony produced and made movies, I always do give them props for like out of the five. I mean, even if you want to count Venom in there, was it the seven they've given us into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Amazing Spider-Man 1. I think those movies have all been fantastic. That's obviously without the help of the MCU. So when they had their conference, um, they, they killed it. They, they, they started off with um, Uncharted, which is also Tom Holland starred. And then they um, went into the Morbius trailer. And the Morbius trailer, which isn't out online yet, but people were blown away by this trailer, by the Morbius. And then they dropped the Spider-Man No Way Home. But then a cool thing is, and Tim, you'll like this too. Maybe you already know about it, but they they, they gave the movie. Yeah. They, they, they dropped the movie at this presentation and people were blown away. And the CEO too, or the president of Sony, right away he came out and he's like, you know, our Sony movies, we're not putting them out digitally we're not doing the day and day drop like these things are coming to the theaters because we're here for the theaters and i thought that was pretty cool in a time like now where when you look at suicide squad they could have really used that you know so it's kind of cool to see like these guys are are fighting for the studios obviously they're fighting for their money because that's what it always comes down to but i thought that was really cool sony to kind of turn things around like that in a conference full of theater chain owners so they, they showed that the... they showed ghostbusters afterlife not spider-man far from home is what you're talking about. Oh, did I say Ghostbusters? Or did I say Spider-Man? Well, it, it kind of sounded that way. <laughs> okay, sorry. But they did debut um, Ghostbusters after. Yeah. Because what they basically said is like, stay tuned because we're going to give you an after credit scene after the film. And everybody's like freaking out. Like, no way. We're getting the Ghostbusters movie. So I heard good things about it. Yeah, me which too. Which is cool because mm-hmm. I haven't really been that big. But I'm I'm kind of excited now. So that's cool to hear. But the trailer, man, I, I, don't, I don't know where to begin. Does any part of you feel relieved about all this? What do you mean? Now that everybody knows, you don't really have to hide or lie to people. For the record, I never wanted to lie to you. But how do you tell someone that you're Spider-Man? Now everybody knows. But this isn't about me. This is hurting a lot of people. I've just been thinking about how to fix all of this. So, Peter. What do I owe the pleasure? I'm sorry to bother you, sir. Please, we saved half the universe together. I think we're beyond you calling me, sir. Okay, Steven. That feels weird, but I'll allow it. When Mysterio revealed my identity, my entire life got screwed up. I was wondering if maybe you could make it so that he never did. Strange. Don't cast that spell. It's too dangerous. Fine. I won't. entire world is about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Wait, everyone? Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So MJ's gonna forget about everything we've ever been through? Stop tampering with the spell. Oh my god, Ned, he's my best friend. My Aunt May should really stop talking. (laughs) What just happened? with the stability of space-time. The multiverse is a concept about which we know frighteningly little. The problem is you trying to live two different lives. The longer you do it, the more dangerous it becomes. 
What do you wish for, Parker? Hello, Peter. I, I don't know, man. I don't know where to go. Like, I could go on all day about this. I, I but I, I loved it. I mean, obviously, seeing Doc Ock the yes. whole time there at the end was was amazing. I, I believe we got Doc Ock. Obviously, uh, we got the green goblin bomb, the the pumpkin bomb. We got the lightning, Jamie Foxx. Mm-hmm. I think if you look too, you can see the sand. So most likely, maybe even Sandman. There was that thing hitting Spidey, and it looks like a spider sense is working. So he has a spider sense, and it's. I think it's lizard yeah. or scorpion, but it's a tail that's definitely going towards him. Um, the trailer is nowhere near cut as well as obviously the Eternals, but for me, this is this is huge. Like this is this is way bigger. This is way bigger than <laughs> Eternals. This is <laughs> the the tweets like Spider Man was trending like no one's business. This is like when I saw that. This reminds me of like at the end of the day, it's it's Batman Spider Man yeah. in this world of of nerdum. It's it's crazy, man. How he was trending online there. Three days. Man, the tweets delivered. were insane. Like I Nuts. had my phone in my hands and I thought of that, the news reporter from Spider-Man three. I'm like, could this be the end of Spider-Man? <laughs> As I pulled up my block terms and I was like, Spidey, I love you. Got you tattooed on my body, man. But like, this is too much, yeah. too much. It was. It, I need some other news. Yeah, it, the, the <laughs> candid tweets from the Spider-Man No Way Home Twitter account is great. <laughs> One today. I hope you guys are watching this trail as many times as you asked for it. <laughs> I was, man. I was. I was. I, I love the relationship too. They've established with um with MJ. I thought that was a great way mm-hmm. to kind of start off this, the the trailer, kind of bringing a small scale and then going somewhere big and bombastic, where we've ended up. Right. So um. I think they're just going to wait and see until they drop Toby and Garfield because I'm sure they're in it, yeah. but it's probably going to be, I think it's going to be like that cat picking up the the hammer moment. They're, they're, they're waiting for that experience. They don't want to show that in the trailer. No, I don't want I them to. I think they're going right? to drop it in the movie. They, they, no. they do enough by showing Alfred Monaghan's uh, Doc Ock, right? Or if that's how you say it. Melina? Melina, sorry. Melina. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do yeah. enough there to say, okay, you know what? Like, this is this is happening, but we don't need to show it to you, so... It's in. I'll put a caveat on my statement about the Eternals trailer being better. I'd say the content inside of the No Way Home is mind-blowingly huge, but the trailer itself leaves it to me a bit to to be desired. It, it does feel a piece of with everything we saw in that Spider-Man universe, but I don't know if it's the leaks or if the the perpetual discussion. It just it didn't blow me away. Was my whole thing right? It wasn't like I had this like, oh my god, I need to rewatch this right now. Like, I was like, yeah, okay, this kind of confirms everything that we've been talking about. And that, again, is my own fault because we sit inside of this space, right? This is what we do week on, week out. So that is a bit of my fault. And, you know, someone seeing this for the first time being like, whoa, wait, Doc Ock? Like, that, that's a huge thing at the end of that trailer. So, so Carlos, did it deliver for you? You know, on the scale that maybe you think it needed to, arguably, this movie didn't need a trailer. It didn't need any promotion. Like, <laughs> No, that's true. Uh, yeah, like I, I fall in a weird spot with Spider-Man because I love my Spidey small and intimate. And so I was pleasantly surprised with the beginning of this trailer. And uh, it, it's just my own preconceived notion, but I kind of always had it in my head that you were going to take the story from that post credit scene from Far From Home with Mysterio on the billboard 
and you were very quickly within the first couple minutes of the movie going to put him in a position where the multiverse stuff starts happening and off we go. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that there is a pretty meaty portion mm -hmm. of this movie where it's Peter dealing with the fallout of Mysterio's actions at the end of Far From Home. So that was cool. That was like something I didn't expect. And I didn't expect it to be Peter running to Strange or Mephisto uh, <laughs> and doing the one more day, one moment in time type of thing. And like kudos on the MCU for like, it's kind of like Civil War where they take a concept and then they do their own tailored version of it. And um, yeah, because like in this universe, there's not really a need for doing one more day, but they decided to kind of play with that. And it's not, it, it's certainly the most controversial story aside from maybe the clone saga and Spidey's history. But like the, the pieces that made that story controversial aren't at play here because you're not erasing this Mary Jane who people have been with for 20, 30, 40 mm -hmm. years type of thing. So yeah, that was cool. And yeah, like I was at the opposite end of the spectrum for most people where it's like that front end of the trailer was where it really got me and where I was really invested and really interested. And I was like, this is cool. Like it, it's amazing to see like his group of friends and his closest people getting pulled into this police station and being interrogated. And it's amazing that they're actually investigating him for killing Mysterio mm -hmm. and trying to say, well, no, like you, you are the controller of the drones and the drones are what killed him. So therefore um, you're being investigated for murder. So that was, these were all things that I really didn't expect to see playing out. And then, yeah. And then we meet Dr. Strange and the rest of it is cool. It's super cool and it'll be interesting and it's all candy, but like, I don't know. My my favorite comic book right now is 30, 40, 50 issues in and it's the story spins around Daredevil tripping a guy and he falls down and kills himself on a window ledge. Like mm. those are the types of stories that I like, oh, right? And dealing with the fallout of a, a misplaced kick. So yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm pleasantly surprised at that front end of stuff, and I'm here for the ride for the back end. Mm -hmm. The back end, yeah, feels like the MCU, and the front half, like you said, which I, I agree, I'm quite surprised at how big of a portion this might take up of the film, of the being actually a Peter Parker story, right? Not, yeah. not even a Spider-Man story, a Peter Parker story about how the ripple effect through his family and friends is going to be felt because of this reveal. And, you know, it was shocking to me how, like how quickly everyone seems to turn on Spider-Man here, but it's mm -hmm. going to be cool. Now you mentioned something interesting and there are a few things actually. So it's Dr. Strange. My, my first intuition when I saw this trailer for the first time, I've watched it four or five, six times by now. I'm, I'm thinking, well, wow, this is very irresponsible of Dr. Strange to <laughs> set these events in motion Realizing, yes, it is a trailer, and the trailer tells a story, and the movie tells you a completely different one, right? This is very mm -hmm. classic Marvel, right? It points you in a direction, and the movie is in the opposite. But what well, what's going on with with Stephen Strange here? And Carl, I'm going to throw it back to you here because you have a little comments. You, you've mentioned this online. This is a guy that we've talked about throughout WandaVision. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. maybe inside of even Loki, there was hints of it. But what's what's going on here with Strange? Is is this the Doctor Stephen Strange we've come to know and love inside of the MCU? Like I think there is an argument to be made 
for Stephen Strange having such a spectacular ego on him that he would perform magic and cast spells that he's been warned against performing, uh, both with like his relationship with Baron Mordor, like that, it was almost predicated on that, right? That mm -hmm. don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Okay, you did it. Now let's do it to benefit things the way I do, and that's how they fall out of accord with each other. And then even with Wong and you have Wong's reaction in there. So there's that argument to be made. But at the same time, you cannot tell me <laughs> that the guy that was so precise, so purposeful, so calculated in Endgame or Infinity War even more so, mm -hmm. but then Endgame, that he basically sent Tony Stark to his demise with as little information as possible because he is so exact in what he does to cast this spell, which he could cast with Peter, not even there, I'm sure in such a manner that Peter just having this verbal diarrhea is able to destroy the whole multiverse. I don't know. There's something... I, I don't see it being the same guy. Mm -hmm. Like I don't see that guy allowing Peter to be there the interaction that he has with Wong and the wink didn't feel right at first blush. So calling him Steven yeah. also was kind of a weird thing for me. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever called him Steven outright. I think he's been called Steven Has before, hasn't he? But is his reaction, I think, that made it more so when he's like, that felt strange when he did call him Steven. Mm -hmm. So that made me also think, like, is he somebody else? Because he's not used to actually being called another name than the actual name that he really mm -hmm. is. So in the, the setting yeah, that we get I'm introduced to Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange Two is weird. Like it's he's wearing a tracksuit and it's all icy and Wong. Like can, did they not want to pay him? Like he just all, just a circle thing and takes off in every movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was going to fight the Abomination Round Two. Maybe from uh, <laughs> from Shang Chi. Yeah. But it, yeah. but yeah, Doctor Strange seemed too aloof. Yeah, and the only person yeah. I could think calling him Stephen was the Ancient One. Because mm -hmm. she, I think, consistently referred to him as Steven. Was that pre him becoming the Sorcerer Supreme as well? Maybe. Yeah, I think all their interactions yeah. were pre that. Yeah. Pre. Can't remember. But his personality is definitely different. Yeah, there's something. It's not the regular Strange that we know. That we know. And you know. you're right to put out there, Carlos, that it feels odd that that would be the catalyst for bringing down the multiverse. You know what I mean? Like there has to be something more. There's definitely something we're not seeing there. Like that scene is probably a lot larger and a lot bigger, and there's more going on there than we were shown. Of course, there it is, but it, there's something weird there. And even the scene, we see them on the train as well, right? And they appear to be fighting in some capacity. Or, I don't know, it's hard to say. I The strange piece of it, you know, no pun intended, is is got me intrigued, maybe more so than some of the other stuff right now, because it, it seems so out of place for that character. Troy, this strange vibe that you're getting from this... yeah. Is is this matching up with that character that we we saw, like Carlos said, in Infinity War and Endgame? A hundred percent not. Um, I guess at least in Infinity War he was using the Eye of Agamotto, mm -hmm. whereas here he's definitely doing his own kind of spell, so he might just be more comfortable in that. Um, but I don't know. I I mean, it's so easy to say these days since WandaVision, it's easy to go back to the Mephisto realm. But when it comes to Spider-Man and changing his faith or his destiny, it always falls back to the one more day, brand new day, one moment in time, right? Where mm -hmm. he makes that deal with Mephisto, Marvel's devil. But I don't think they'd really want to go that route in the movies. So it could be Mephisto still, but just 
taken on the identity of of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of roughly where I sit. But I do like the fact because what they messed up in, in um, the comics is like it was weird that Spidey Peter Parker revealed his identity in the first place. Right. And then going back on that, because that was his mistake in the first place. Whereas here, I mean, maybe Tom Holland shouldn't have given up himself to um, Mysterio. But ultimately, it's Mysterio that kind of did dirty on on Peter. So I like the fact that we have a younger Peter who would make such a desperate decision to go seek help from Doctor Strange. Right. Um, so that kind of works for me. But I think I think something's up with uh, with Doc. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's even another like multiverse of Doc. I don't know. But that'd be kind of funny too, because then we have like the what if, right? That's a lot of different yeah. like <laughs> versions of Dr. Strange and Spider-Man too. So for him fighting Peter, I, I felt like that might've also been uh maybe like a little bit of a training mm-hmm. montage um, because we do see that other suit that he has. Right. And yeah. he's, I think there's even the, the, the Funko out there with like the, uh, the wizard effects. Yeah. So I don't know if he's learning something from doc at that point. Yeah. Inside of some sort of thing that doc has created. So it's not actually real. Like, right. Yeah, but I, I, I do love, much like uh, the Doctor Strange first trailer, the Inception mm-hmm. vibes I'm getting off this trailer. I thought that was really cool. And that train sequence was definitely one of them. Yeah. So I thought that was well done. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Matt Murdock here, Carlos. Charlie Cox has long been rumored to being in this. And there's a lot of speculation online that those arms are Charlie Cox, Matt Murdock. Is it happening? No. That's skinny tie. That's skinny tie. Come on. Look at no, that tie. Like, if, if you look. Okay, so number one, like. That guy's way paunchier than Charlie Cox's. <laughs> but also, it's in the interrogation room in the police facility where Peter's being questioned and Ned's being questioned. And it's the investigator slamming down the whole back information for the drone thing I was talking about. Like, he might be in the movie, and that would be cool. Like, obviously, he, Matt Murdock's my boy, like, in spades. But I don't think that that was him in the trailer. And... Honestly, if they're going to give him a lawyer in the MCU, it makes the most sense to give him Jennifer yep. Walter. <laughs> and then just, you know, so then the audience has some familiarity with her heading to her show. But mm-hmm. yeah, like you boys know I love Daredevil. Like it's nobody's business, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Like that's, that's some wishful <laughs> thinking. Like just take it for what sometimes what it is is what it is that's that's very much it man it's I, i'm going for murdoch i don't think it's him i don't think that's the guy but i'm just i'm in this world right now where i'm like yo like that's 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 maddie like maddie's there i don't know if that's maddie but maddie's in this movie and he's representing yeah. parker he's doing it he's doing it well and it's the, the cool thing that loki did for me and it helped bridge a lot of gaps in my mind when it comes to the multiverse because th- this movie you know this trailer if it does anything it confirms that speculation that this is going to be a multiverse movie this is going to be way bigger or as big maybe as we thought it was going to be but we never had that true studio confirmation that that's what this is going to be and this is what this movie is really pointing at when you look at the back half of this trailer we get the words from dr strange about us knowing very little about the multiverse and then, boom, the explosion of what is likely to be a Sinister Six. Troy, you gave us a great rundown of who we saw in there. But is is this, or how is this going to reflect on the film where we don't build to the Sinister Six, we just get them, and they're coming from different universes? Is, is this too big, Carlos? Is this too big for this film to go from your maybe first half personalized story to all of a sudden we've got the sinister six 
and potentially likely now several Spider-Man. Like, is there enough time inside of this movie to bridge what will be a massive multiverse gap? No, it's a bit of a cheat mm-hmm. where you're bringing in all these villains that people are familiar with. But you know what? I, I like that we start off with a Peter Parker story and you're going to have him fight Peter Parker villains. Um, but I'm I'm good with it. Like, there's so much multiverse and magical shenanigans. They could have very well had him fighting freaking Dormammu for all we mm-hmm. know. So that they're going this route, I think, is way cooler. And yeah. um, <laughs> I, I've seen a few takes online where people are upset that this deal seems to have been Machiavellian and getting Sony's villain verse and whatever they're doing on their side of the house into the MCU. But uh, yeah, it's cool. And man, who doesn't want to see like just Spidey there facing down these six guys, regardless of which version of Spider-Man we have. Unfortunately, I think we know how it plays out. The Sinister Six shows up and then Spidey gets his backup in Mm -hmm. the form of his two variants in Andrew and, uh, toby but uh ah, it'll be a spectacle nonetheless yeah. so i think it's kind of uh, with what they've kind of hinted the story is i think it's a smart way to go mm-hmm. i i love that they're plucking some of the best out right and yeah it is a bit of a cheat and would have been cool over the course of another three four movies to build to a sinister six yeah but if we're rushing there because of a ticking time bomb that potentially is sony then I'm cool with this. These are characters that are beloved, characters we're familiar with, and it's going to make for some awesome freaking live-action Spider-Verse stuff. Now, Troy, I know you're loving this. You're digging this. Electro, Doc Ock, Goblin, maybe Sandman, maybe the Lizard. You know, I don't know if Vulture's going to be chucked into the mix here, Scorpion. There's a lot of villains going to be on screen here. Mm -hmm. Is Is this matching the hype that you expected seeing someone like Doc Ock reappear inside of the MCU. Like three years ago, two years ago, I would have said you're freaking crazy to think that any of these characters are going to get any sort of FaceTime inside the MCU. Yet here we are talking about a trailer. The end of 2021, we're going to be seeing all of this converge into being this giant story. It's, it's tough when it comes to the idea of MCU Spider-Man, um fighting all these different variants of the sinister six um i i'm i'm gonna be eating my popcorn and enjoying it i'm 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 probably gonna like it but honestly i at the same time i don't i i I don't like it because one like you guys mentioned it is a cheat how we got here if that's where they're going it's almost almost as bad as just plucking all your enemies out of oscorp tower but um (laughs) at a sony tower (laughs) why i don't the sony tower but for me when i think of the sinister six i think that is that's one of like um almost like one of spidey's like big accolades one of his big awards his triumphs is that he could take on the sinister six one of the best rogues galleries known to man by himself in some cases he's done it without his powers Right, so if you're gonna have this movie and he needs two other Spider-Man, because you know he will, three like, other no with Toby. Miles. <laughs> well, if, if Miles popped up, if they're bringing DiCaprio's James Cameron, I mean, who knows, right? It'll be a <laughs> never mind a Force Ghost Jamboree. We're gonna have a Spidey Jamboree. <laughs> so for for me, I'm like, ah, oh, like yeah, that's gonna look really cool. That's gonna look awesome. We're gonna have some amazing scenes, but for me, that takes away from like that that Spider-Man on his own, whether he's a teenager or a college student taking on the Sinister Six, like like we've seen in like the cartoon series when he did it by himself, 
with like losing his powers when we've seen in the in the PS4 game, oh, in man. the comic books, like all that stuff. To me, that is like that's why he's the man, you know. Um, and so for me, it's kind of like a love hate. Um, I really hope they don't actually go that route. I would rather see um, the idea of him doing it on his own. <clears throat> than having the team up but we, we probably will go there and i mean maybe like the next big big thing well spider-man has so many enemies as it is but for me when it comes to the spider-verse because i always go back to like the actual comic and that's like spider-man messing around with like a whole god knows how many amounts of spider-man and women and they're taking on um like basically morlan and these guys feed on spider-man that's kind of like my spider-verse um so I hope we don't get like a Sister Six Spider Verse thing. Although it makes sense in the schemes of like the MCU, for me as being like a big Spidey fanboy, I'm kind of like uh, I don't really care for that, you know. So I don't know. It's it's mixed. It's mixed. I would love to see it, but again, like I like I've been saying, right? When you have a hero as big as Spidey who can do so many things on his own, and we haven't seen Spider Man in this world do things on his own enough, I would at least like to see Tom Holland take on the Sister Six on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I can appreciate that. This film, though, is going to be huge. Don't, oh, it's yeah. It's going to be Spider-Gwen. I think they're going to throw everything at us. Oh, you think we, Oh, wow. So you mm. think they're going like all in Spider-Verse? I think that if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. Like, I There's the surprises that we haven't seen, right? They're mm. there. And I think they come in the form of, you know, is it Emma Stone reprising the role as Spider-Gwen? You know, do we get some really crazy stuff? I think we're going to get Miles in this. Oh, shit. I'm in the MCU. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That feels like a very, very Deadpool thing. (laughs) For me, me, though, when you have a movie like Into the Spider-Verse that's that's known, that's huge, and it's won like an Oscar, that right there, like that title alone is such a big thing that you would want to brand your movie off of. So for them having this movie called No Way Home, or yeah, is it no way? Yeah, no way home. I I don't know. Yeah, I I definitely see the Toby and the Andrew, but like the rest of the Spider people, it's that's 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 big. Again, it's a it's a bold prediction, but does the yeah. Spider Verse film land in Sony's house? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so here's the hottest of takes. Yeah. And here's my bold prediction that this is part one of a two part movie story with the second part taking place in Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That we only get kind of half of it, and that's why it seems so dense. Is that we'll have over your kind of two hour Spider Man movie, so you're not going to hit too far over two hours, right? Because mm-hmm. they're going to want to bring in the kids' audience. Mm-hmm. So, two hours, two and a half hours, you'll have like an hour, like 45 minutes of Peter Parker stuff, like another half an hour, 45 minutes of Peter and Strange and the multiverse popping off. And then you'll have your back half of the big battle with the Sinister Six and then your cliffhanger to Doctor Strange 2. Do you think that the Spider-Man stuff carries over into Doctor Strange 2 or this movie is the catalyst and the foundation for Multiverse of Madness? I think they'll tie off some of the Spider-Man stuff. Like They'll probably tie off like the Peter Parker Mm -hmm. story or set it up so that it can't be addressed and you know that you'll have a final resolution where things get reset or whatever in a next movie Mm -hmm. there'll be some kind of victory but i think it'll definitely be a to be continued in Mm. i'm digging doctor strange too i'm digging it Mm. yeah that makes perfect sense 
that that you need to. I wouldn't call that a hot take. I'd call that a uh, Carlos just wrote that for the MCU. <laughs> yeah, logical. <laughs> <laughs> World's greatest detective. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, last question. I'm gonna go to Carlos first. I'm gonna go to Troy here. Did the trailer live up to the hype, the anticipation, the online buzz? Did it live up to where it needed to be at this point in the marketing campaign? Yeah. No, it was cool. It was cool. Like I think. Much like WandaVision, the effusive praise online is a bit much, but uh, yeah, it was cool. Like, I don't know what else they could do, and I give them kudos for not showing their hand in mm-hmm. its entirety. So the bit of restraint was was nice. Like, even the fact that we only saw one of the villains in all his glory, but the teases the yeah. other ones brought. That's a very un-Sony thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> so. Now, Troy, here, before I go to you, because I'm going to let you finish this one off. I, I agree. You know, for me, it did exactly what it needed to do, but it was not the greatest trailer of all time. It was not this Infinity War Endgame sort of trailer. It wasn't even as good as the Eternals trailer that came out a couple of days before, to be honest with you. But we're early in the marketing campaign. There's a lot here, and there's also a lot that they, and I don't want them to show us. So mm-hmm. the hand that they showed was one that they had already flipped and showed us the cards once. This was just them laying them down on the on the table and saying, right, you knew what my hand was, here it is. And we can go from there. So Troy, you're the Spider-Man yeah. guy here. Did it yes, did it live up to the hype? Will this be on repeat inside of the household for the next couple of days? Yeah, just just for me because I'm I'm a Spidey guy, you know, like for me, um the biggest Spidey thing I saw when it came to a trailer was Peter popping up in the MCU Civil War trailer. Mm-hmm. That thing for me blew my mind. And I think this is the next best thing since then, because like for most people, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man film is their film Mm -hmm. that like that's their best superhero film of all time. And I think it's really smart for them to lead off with the Green Goblin pumpkin bombs and obviously Doc Ock, who is also one of the best uh, live action uh, supervillains of all time. People have been talking all day. Like I went to work and like seven people ran up to me being like, whoa, this trailer. <laughs> Guys that never, never <laughs> talked to me about Spider-Man, let alone superhero films. And and going on Twitter, just seeing like the buzz, like people are digging this. People are digging this far more even than Far From Home. And that was coming off of Endgame. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot right there. So yeah, for me, it lived up to the hype. Uh, the hype and um, especially for the fact that they didn't show us Toby and Andrew, like they stayed away from that and they still delivered. I feel like if they did do that, that would have been obviously crazy, but then it's like leaves that kind of anticipation in the film of like, when do they get to come up? Right. Mm -hmm. So I think they nailed it. I I had a blast with this one. Eternals is definitely the better cut trailer, but for me, this one just had all the MCU isms in there. Just (laughs) firing, firing. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Awesome guys. (laughs) Well, exciting times ahead. For us here in the nerd room, not only we got Shang Chi in a couple weeks, we got Eternals, we've got Hawkeye, we've got What If still running there, we've got Spider Man No Way Home, and then we get into next year and we got Peacemaker right after New Year. Like, guys, it's gonna be a wild six months here, and I'm going to consume and enjoy and love all this, and I hope you guys can come along for the ride with us. And if you'd like to contribute, be a bigger part of this show. You can always email us at nerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything we do at nerdroom.net. The hunt is real, and it's over on Instagram at the nerdrm. You can head over there and check out some of the things that we discussed this week on and inside of This Week in Nerd. 
And Twitter, guys, that is where it's at. When you want to discuss, debate, talk about this trailer, Eternals, Cat 4, whatever, we are there. Our handles are the end of the episode. So with all that behind us, that big trailer finally in the rear view. We got to wait till next week, guys. We'll have a whole new set of nerd to talk about. So until then, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And we are Venom. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.